Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Grid here on my podcast, House.com, or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way. Hunter McElroy came second in the Indy Light series this year. He catches up with Richard Crowell to have a chat about his career so far and what might be around the corner. Look forward to hearing Hunter with Richard shortly. Also, Mark Walker said to join myself and Richard as well as we look back at what has been a massive week in the world of motorsport. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. Well, a fast end to the Indy Next Championship saw... Our boy, Punter McElroy, get a big, big weekend result at Laguna Sacred, the final round of the championship, P2 in the series. We had to get him on the show to wrap up what's been a remarkable year. Hunter McElroy, welcome to the show. Good to have you back on and well done, mate. What an awesome end to the Indy next season for you. Well done. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was a definitely a crazy year. Um... You know, to get a win at Laguna was awesome. Obviously, it's a track I've been playing on PlayStation since I was like six years old. So it's been, uh, you know, Laguna's actually been a place where I haven't had much luck. Mm. I lost the championship there in 2019 um, with a mechanical failure. Then last year, I had a bit of a tough weekend out of my control in some ways. So it was nice to get the Laguna monkey off my back. (laughs) What was the weekend like? Because the circuit had just been nearly repaved. So high grip surface by the looks of it, like there were oh, yeah. quick quick lap times in IndyCar as well. And it, and it made that race be pretty crazy. So what was the circuit like? And just talk about driving at that place. Because as you said, it's a circuit that everybody knows more from the computer games, if anything. Yeah, yeah uh, it was awesome, mate. Like, to be honest, the repave was incredible. Um, and I'm not just saying that, like, I've always loved going to Laguna, but it was always like driving on ice there. Like it was always like driving on ice. The, the surface was so old. So, you know, it was very coarse, like seashells almost. And you would do maybe a couple laps on new tires that'd be done. Mm. Um, and you, even on the new tires, you know, you were sliding around so much. It was just so low grip, but it was still a really fun track, but it was weird because usually the high speed tracks are always very high grip, but this was like a huge high commitment track, a lot of blind corners and very low grip. So to come back there, it, it sounds stupid saying this, but on the simulator, like it was always a high grip track for some reason, I guess it just the way that the games are and even and really expensive simulators I've driven they've always been high grip Mm. compared to real life and it was just like on the simulator like you could just attack it so much and it was so fun like I I honestly it it's probably the funnest like the qualifying lap when I put it on pole was probably one of the most satisfying things I've ever done it was just 
there's so much grip like turn nine which is after the corkscrew down the hill it was flat but wow. i couldn't go flat because the steering got too heavy you oh know? really like, wow. yeah and <laughs> And everyone was struggling so much with the physical side of it because there was so much grip that, and obviously we have no power steering. Mm. You know, you see on supercars that when the power steering fails and guys come in the pits and stuff like that, obviously it's a bit different with how heavy those cars are. But when we've got all the downforce on, you know, we're going like, you know, almost 200k an hour flat out through Mm. a fast left-hander. And you've got the steering in. And you're actually only lifting just to take a bit of the downforce off so you can turn the wheel. Wow. So it actually rained just before qualifying. It had like a weird downpour. So it took a bit of the grip away from the circuit. Like it was still super high, but it was enough to where I could get it just almost flat one lap. And it was like, it was mind blowing because before that, it was obviously a big lift and yeah, very low grip. But the, a crazy thing that kind of sums it up is last year the IndyCar pole time i matched powers pole app in an indy lights car what is obviously that's now known as car. so yeah. yeah that's it's four seconds lap quicker but it was awesome yeah and you guys weren't that much slower than the indy cars on the weekend no nah, we were like within four seconds of them yeah. so you know i think i think a part of it is that obviously the Firestones were on the same, pretty much the same tires, the, mm. the blacks that they're on. It's it's a type of, they change compound every weekend. Like Firestone will give them a new compound every weekend for the, for the track. But for us, we obviously run the same compound everywhere. So we're on some type of black that they've mm. run during the year. Um, so I think that maybe made it closer for sure. We were faster over a lap this year because of the, I guess, upgrade and grip, you could say. Mm. but uh yeah it was it was cool you know you get used to it it's like anything um it feels quick at first but especially in my second year like i'm very used to the speed of it um and things like that so yeah hopefully i can be in indycar soon <laughs> yeah i'll come to that it's a long way from uh formula ford national championship at wakefield <laughs> park mate that's all i'll say it's a very very cool <laughs> thing feel that long ago. That's <laughs> it doesn't thing. mate it's crazy um yeah. So let's just talk about the year. So P2 in the championship, I know you wanted to win it, of course, but on the same side, this is the most competitive year of what was Indy Lights in probably 15 seasons, I think it's fair to say, because the depth of the field, the size of the field, the level of quality of teams in and around you. So I know you didn't win the title, but surely this was a year where to finish top three in the championship, there's a little bit of extra weight there, surely, that people look at that and go, you've knocked off some pretty serious, pretty serious contenders this year. Yeah, thanks, mate. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to lie to you. I am, there is part of me that, you know, it it hurts not to win the championship. Mm. You know, in some ways it was like, all right, this is the year, everything, we had everything kind of, we could do in our control prepared to win, you know, with Andretti and it was the, the title assault year for sure. Um, there was a lot of kind of things that were unique about this year. You know, we showed up to the first race on a tire we'd never driven before with really no testing and not that that's an excuse, but it really kind of took a lot of the advantage away that I had maybe as a second year driver. Yeah. So it took maybe a couple rounds to understand just that last 10% of what I wanted from the car 
you know, like last year I knew exactly what I wanted heading into qualifying, where I needed to be, you know, which direction I wanted to go, how to prep a tire, all that kind of stuff. Whereas this was learning on the fly and, you know, we, we got on top of that pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but it's just a lot of things, you know, the, for, the qualifying format changed completely. We went from a 20, we went from a half an hour qualifying session where we would do two sets and have like a five minute sitting in the pits for just for five minutes to eight minutes with 20 cars on track, trying to find a gap, trying to prep the tire. Mm. There's a lot of things out of your control. And, and that honestly killed me at the start of the year, you know, trying to figure out the qualifying format. You know, it was, it was, it was tough. Not going to lie. You know, this year in a lot of ways was really tough, a lot tougher than maybe it should have been with the speed we had, but um, yeah, you know, it's never, it's never easy. Right. I wasn't expecting it ever to be easy, but for sure, I would say, you know, this year I achieved a lot, which I'm happy about. Uh, but it was very tough in some ways. So mm. to end it like I did in Laguna, it was nice for sure. And, Vice champion is obviously a great achievement. And I think I've shown I deserve a shot in IndyCar. Yeah. But um, I'll keep working on that t- till I get one. But yeah, I appreciate it. It's been awesome, the support I've had. And obviously everyone's been following me from home for a while now. Everyone that's helped me out on the on the journey up and the, the amazing support I have is, is awesome. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like a, you know, spoiled brat and, and be throw my toys at the cottage and win. Obviously, I'm still really happy and grateful to be where I am. Mm. But for sure, you know, you, you always start the year wanting to be champion, and unfortunately, there can only be one. So, you know, positive positive result regardless in a positive year, but wasn't without its challenges. And the way you bought it home though must be really satisfying because from Nashville, really, you were the guy to beat. Like, win at Indy, which was I know a long time coming after yeah. that start of the year had. Um, great run at Gateway to the podium there. And then, of course, you know, Portland was a, an unfortunate thing that you couldn't control, but then a brilliant finish to the year. So that momentum at the very least, like people only remember your last race. So your last races were two wins, two other podiums and something out of your control. So the, the finish to the year and that momentum was particularly strong in, in, you know, in reality. I don't know what it is. I always seem to end the year really well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, every year I've like always had a really good end. I don't know if it's like subconsciously I know I have to get the results or what, but all the pressures I have the pressures off or what, I don't have a clue, but I don't plan it like that. It just, it just works but out. It, but. It's that momentum though, Hunter, isn't it? Like everyone at the start of you was talking about Nolan Seager. We won two races back to back at Detroit and I think road America, wasn't it? And then, you know, he was right at the top in the championship, but the wheels sort of fell off his campaign in the second half of the year and everyone's yeah. talking about you. So, yeah. you know, there, there is some benefit to it. For sure. I mean, I guess if you can choose which, which, <laughs> which end to end on or to start off finish, you'd rather finish it well. So yeah, you're right. Not going to lie. It was to end my last race, definitely in probably in my junior career. Um, in my last race in lights, now known as next obviously yeah. uh with a win was was awesome and you know i think put like a little cherry on top hmm. it was it was uh like i said this this the first half of the year was a weird one it was like we had and it, what added to the frustration i was think is literally every single test we did like an open test we were like fastest every test yeah 
and obviously they don't matter but it was just it we had so much speed like we'd be quickest in practice and it was just we'd find every single way to not qualify well mm. you know and, and when i say not qualify well you know i'd still be maybe third or fourth with out of 19 cars but with the way this is the series is with no pit stops track position a lot of the time is so crucial so you qualify third or fourth you really need a, a, a lot to happen to move forward you know aside from the fact i think i had a race at road america where i started 13th and got third but that was yeah. due to the, the long straights they some tracks lead to racing really well others not so much but um yeah i think the last half of the year to be honest that the only thing that was different it wasn't like we found you know i think we probably improved a bit with the with the car a little few tricks with the firestone um but i think the main thing we figured out was just qualifying and and I hate to say it, but I don't really think I did anything different. Mm. It was purely just not having bad luck, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Like not having any bad luck in terms of like not getting a red flag on a pole lap or, you know, not having a guy run off in front of you mm. or the yellow and then you lose your lap, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, so one, one percenters. Yeah. 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 It, it's tough. But um, again, it's just the game we play and some days you're the windscreen Sunday should have fly. So um it was it was for sure a lot I learned a lot and I think I matured a lot. Um it's tough, you know, like it it's this game it rips your heart out. Oh, Honestly it does and it's hard, you know, for me. I'm I'm a very emotional dude, I guess you could say at the highs and the lows. And I, I don't know, I just I have a lot of energy and it's so hard not to, you know, ride the lows too low and let the highs get too high but i i can honestly say like the roller coaster this year was i definitely think i've like matured a lot and mm. i guess you know it's it's hard i find it personally honestly the hardest of just trying to not and it, i've been the same my whole career and people who've worked with me know you know it's like it's so hard to to ride those lows and the highs and not go too far yeah um, well, I mean, that's part, that's part of it though, isn't it, mate? That's, that's part of the journey and you evolving to, to match your surroundings as well, I suppose, because, you know, that, and those highs and lows are only going to get bigger as the races you're in are, oh, yeah. are bigger as well. So you look yep. at the, the emotional roller coaster people have when they, they contest the Indy 500 or endurance racing, things like that. So it's, yep. it's all part of why you go through this process, I suppose, in these junior categories to, to sort of get that in your arsenal. So by the time you get to the big, big stuff, you, you're prepared to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think, you know, time, as time goes on and on, you get older and wiser, it's obviously easier. Um, but it's, it's crazy. You know, I think in a, in a weird way, you know, back when I was racing formula Ford, everything's relative in the sense mm. of at, at that point in your life, you know, that's everything to you. Yeah. When I was racing in my Formula Four championship with Sonic, you know, it was like if I didn't win that championship, I wasn't going to get the shootout ticket. I wasn't going to go to America. Mm. So that was like as important as the Indy 500. And then mm. same thing for the next step and the next step and the next step. And it's you ride it so high because you're thinking in your head like my this is my livelihood, my career is on the line. But kind of as you kind of get older and wiser, it's or like you kind of know like okay, like I can't control this sort of stuff. If I am in a bad position, you know, I can't make it any better or worse, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm still working on it. But for me, I think this year that was a key of 
you know, I, I had so many disappointing days this year, it, mainly just because, you know, P3s and P4, like not even DNFs, but like the P3s and the P4s where you were really confident where you could win. And it was, you know, just little stuff out of your control. And even this year, even like I can go on and on and I don't want to sound like a whinger, but, you know, we had qualifyings cancelled and, and just stuff. It was, it was everything almost felt like it was going against you. So yeah. it just is what it is. And I, again, it's, I'm really lucky to have raced what I've done and hopefully, you know, in the future, there's going to be lots of cool stuff coming up too. Oh, I'm sure there will be. And and let's let's talk about that. So Linus Lundqvist, who won the Indy Lights Championship as it was in 22, despite mm-hmm. having that scholarship fund to progress, didn't progress to IndyCar straight away and ended up doing some part-time stuff this year. And obviously that's now paid off for the future. What What does your 2024 look like in your mind? What's, what's the scenario for you? Um, knowing that the IndyCar paddock is pretty much full and locked away in terms yeah. of the full-time drives. What what does 24 look like? What's a what's an outcome for you where you sit back and go, yep, this is a good year for me to build in the knowledge that you don't necessarily have to progress instantly the year after, that you can you can build into it and ultimately still end up with a full-time IndyCar ride? Yeah, I mean, it's a, obviously it's tough. You know, it's so hard this 26 seats available and it cost nine million dollars plus to to get in and you know i i know teams are i've had conversation with teams and they're they're not looking for money they're looking for talent which is good but Mm. there's so many people in line and there's so many people that are obviously like me knocking on the door of of getting in there and you know obviously without a doubt it's like I knew and I, and I know that going back to Indy next isn't going to really do anything for me. Not, I'm not trying to sound like it's, you know, below me or anything, but I've just done my development. You know, I know I'm ready. Mm. Yeah. I've done my time. You know, I, I know I didn't win the championship, which was tough, but whether I won it or not, I really feel like this year was out of my hands, you know, especially what happened at Portland, you know, we were right in that, right in a good position and then mm. you get taken out at turn one it's like you can't do anything so i feel like you know especially the guys i've raced and competed right with right with and and beat well, what they're doing in the series and it, not that that is you know you would just assume you're going to match that but it shows you know that the level in indie lights is quite high at the top so i think for me next year I'm obviously talking to as many teams as I can and and right now I have nothing. I can't I can't say, you know, I have thing this sorted, this sorted, this sorted. Obviously we just finished the championship and there's a lot going on. But in a I would say in a perfect world, hopefully I'll test in the next couple of months and then my my goal obviously I would love to be full time. You know, without a doubt I would not say no to that. Mm. But if that doesn't come to fruition you know, I, I think for sure I'll be pushing for some sort of part-time program or just to get a couple races in in some sort of competitive program to show what I can do. But obviously, you know, that's only maybe one, two, maybe three races. Yeah. 
Um, so in between then, you know, I've got some interest from some IMSA teams and things like that. I'm I'm kind of sorting out right now of keeping race fit with Daytona and and things like that. So, you know, in some ways it'll be a weird year of not competing in a championship full time. But at the end of the day, now I have to have a job. You know, yeah. I've it's time to to get a job and um, IndyCar is obviously my goal. But at the same time, I think there's going to be some cool opportunities. Hopefully, of doing you know races i've always dreamed of doing you know everyone wants to do their turn of 24 mm. um you know and even who knows Le Mans maybe you know if i can sort something out there these are all options to do to keeping race fit you know while i'm trying to obviously get into indycar so it's a lot there's a lot going on i have nothing confirmed right now which is weird to say you know i'm sitting here right now with absolutely no drive for next year but uh, i'm confident with the support i have firstly and uh i think what what i've achieved uh, i think i've achieved enough to where i should be able to at least have a conversation so mm. see you know i'm not owed anything it's it's a hard sport but you know i'm having i've had some some good conversations and um i think i'll be driving something next year so we'll see what happens but for now if i could if i could write a perfect picture it would be obviously going straight into full time um but we'll see well worse places you can end up than part-timing imsa as well because that paddock is particularly healthy at the moment too and plenty of cash being splashed around there in in sports car racing and and i suppose you know tom blomquist this year part-time program it's going to be full-time next year i mentioned linus lundquist there's others as well so proof that it you get your foot in the door and have a couple of, of strong races um that will um there is the potential to step up um just just talk a bit about your supporters mate and um some of the people that have got on board with you over this journey from a commercial point of view and um i, I saw a picture of your car from laguna with the big gill trap group signage across the front and um mm -hmm. i've been fortunate enough to work a bit with them this year through porsche racing with young marco gill trap mm -hmm. who's been doing a super job but just just touch on those people that have got behind you i know Tony Walls with Objective and a couple of others. Just just touch on them and their ongoing support for what you're trying to achieve over there. Yeah, it's been unreal. You know, I've I've known some of these people since I was literally ten years old. This, with the support they've been helping me out since go karts. You know, Wallsy has supported me since I was literally I think eight almost like mm. that that long ago. And um, it's cool. It's so cool, and I'm so lucky to to have the support. You know, obviously, you touched on Gill Trap Group; they're an awesome supporter of New Zealanders around the world. I'm 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 honestly privileged to be sponsored by them as well, just with the drivers they have. Um, I've been with RG and and the whole Gill Trap crew for I think you know the last five years now. So it's been awesome. JR Smart, who's a guy over and I've met over here. He's been my main sponsor on, on the lights program for the last two years. And it's been awesome. You know, it's, I, I have so many to name, you know, the Lohman family is another pe great people I've met over here who have jumped on board and, and really got behind me. So, you know, it's unbelievable. I've, and on top of that, I have countless investors and other sponsors too, who, who haven't been named, you know, Anthony Gilbertson is a guy who has yeah. been with me from the start, who I pretty much owe my career to, um, he was behind me from the start, like really early on and, and got me over here. So I'm really lucky, you know, and whenever I kind of feel like 
hard done by or feel sorry for myself. You know, I have to think of, you know, the amount of people that have got behind me and, and got me over here, you know, and obviously my mum and dad goes without saying too. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm super fortunate in that regard to, to have that. And that's, a uh, you know, knowing that those guys aren't going anywhere with whatever I'm doing next year is something also that's an awesome feeling to know. So it, it's fun yeah. Hunter. It's fun watching that from this side as well. Cause I, I'm lucky to get to work with a lot of these people as well. And I, I bumped into Gilbo at the paddock at Queensland raceway a little while back. And we had a chat about where you were at. And I yeah. see Wolsey at Carrera cup rounds and Timmy miles and obviously your old man through Carrera cup. So it, it's, it's fascinating to see it from the other end and, and the level of backing and, just the, the enthusiasm for what you're building over there as well, I think has been the really cool thing to see. It's it's just a really cool vibe among these people. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, Tim Miles, and I, I didn't talk about him either. He's he's basically been my, he's like an uncle to me and mm. poor bloke didn't have any sons. So I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm, I guess I'm taking that void. So <laughs> Um, definitely the most expensive of his children, <laughs> but, uh, him and Tracy miles. Yeah. They've been amazing to me too. So it's, uh, it's cool, man. I have, I have such a good group and I always try and get home. Um, you know, last year I came home obviously for the Gold Coast race, which you obviously were there. Yeah. Therefore too. Um, I always try to come back that weekend cause everyone's there, you know, and it's, it's just great to see everyone again and fill them in and, and just hang out really and just obviously my dad's team's there and a lot of my old friends and my old you know team teammates and friends are there too so it's always awesome to get home and to be honest it's hard to kind of think what you're doing or appreciate what you're doing in terms of like what you're achieving when you're over here because for, for me anyway it's like always every day like you're so locked in to the next goal and the next goal and the next race and if you're not winning, it's not good enough. And mm. it's just how and why, you know, it's like if you're not winning, then it's not that good. So when you go back home, you kind of, for me anyway, I just kind of get a bit of perspective on how cool it is what I'm doing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. It's very cool. It's been a fun journey to, to, to follow and very, very sure that it's only the very beginning, mate, because uh, – you're going to be over there and you'll be like Scott Dixon, mate. You'll be 105 years old and still winning IndyCar races like he is at the moment, which is ridiculous what he's achieving. But um, it's really cool, mate. Congratulations on the year. You should be very proud. And um, certainly everyone that's followed it from here um, is as well. It was a great way to end the year at Laguna and we're looking forward to seeing what next year brings you. Well done. Thanks for jumping on the call. Really appreciate it and uh, go well in the uh, very long IndyCar off season. Cheers, Krause. I really appreciate it, mate. Thanks. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. And welcome back, Richard Kral. Lovely chats to that young man. He can talk and he talks well. Yes, he does. Uh, was clearly in the mood for one as well, Shebex. Um, but no, good to catch up with young Hunter. He's a ripper young bloke. We've had him on the show several times and uh, excited to see where his future leads. I think it's uh, very, very promising lots of opportunities and as we touched on there's room there where you don't necessarily have to launch into full-time indycar racing to get a full-time seat down the road so 
I think the future's bright, and um, if you're planning a trip to the States, I reckon plan it around some IndyCar races next year because he may well be in them. No doubt about it. Mark Walker, a very good morning, afternoon, evening to you. Uh, it's podcast time, Tony That's right, Specky, it's, it could be anything. Uh, here in Australia. Um, went for a squirt over to Europe there. Uh, took me a couple of weeks just to digest the engineering around Matt Nolte's spa bath, but uh, <laughs> we got there in the end. And uh, big thanks to Matt for filling in these little shoes for last week's podcast. Well done, Matt. Uh, just very quickly, we've been saying you're on assignment. You were on assignment to Europe. Are you able to divulge what that assignment was? Uh, family holiday. Oh, there you go. That's beautiful assignment. You're you're allowed to do those things now that we've solved COVID. So uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of deferred about five years, but that's all right. We got there in the end. Oh, beautiful. Well done. I hope you had a fantastic time over there. All right, boys, let's get straight into it because there's a fair bit to cover off, isn't there? Sandown 500 this week. Do we want to just, Richard, just very quickly while I've got you with the microphone in your hand, yeah. would you like to do a, a review of what happened last week at Sandown? Uh some car racing occurred at the Shannon Speed Series. I, I think, honestly, Shebex will probably cover off a lot of it in the um, in the hots and knots a little bit okay. later on in the show, uh, which will be good. But it was a good weekend. From the, the TCR story is probably the big one with a very competitive weekend of racing. Bailey Sweeney back on top in the championship now. Um, very competitive, though, and going into some key rounds now with the World Tour cars coming. So at least 10 internationals coming for those two events at Sydney and Bathurst later this year, which is excellent. Um, there's a few more joining the local grid. So I reckon we'll have at least 25 cars, if not more Fantastic. at both of those events, which is really cool. So um, it's a great championship. Shebex, the racing's pretty willing. There was some good stuff on it sand down on the weekend. The other thing I think was um, the Trans Am series continues to be pretty appointment viewing, I think. And, they experimented a little bit on the weekend with two races on the Saturday, which I thought was a really good result. Um, gave them their, their time in the limelight, which was great. And then um, one big race on Sunday, which turned into be quite eventful about three days after because there's been a change of result, which we'll touch on later. But no, good weekend. Uh, just over 12,000 people over the weekend, right. which was a really good two-day crowd for uh, Sandown. And the Speed Series continues, Mark, and you were there. Um like they feel like events now. They're not just a race meeting where there's a bunch of national categories. They actually feel a little bit eventy, which is a good good thing, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the grandstand didn't necessarily look full, but anytime you went into the pits and went behind the Zach Suter and the Michael Clemente pits, there was about forty thousand people there, so it was actually a decent turnout. Um, Michael Clemente has got the best following in motorsport. Anywhere in the world, I reckon. Even better than Verstappen in Holland. Oh, wow. Yeah, big, big they call. come out from everywhere for Michael. Fairly sizable call. But, um, you know, what the fields lacked in depth number-wise, the racing was really sporty. Like, that's the, the shame of it is that, you know, if there were more cars out there, there'd probably be more safety cars and more rubbish like that that would bugger up the racing. So sort of the way it is at the moment with the – 80-whatever cars it was that we had on track there at Sandown the weekend, it actually turned on some pretty spicy racing. And, you know, Sandown's that sort of track where you can sit in the grandstand and you can see everything. It's the best spectator track in Australia. And, you know, what we're going to get again this weekend, 
beautiful sunny conditions all week down here in Melbourne. So that's going to be something different that we're going to have a set two sand downs in a row where it's not going to really rain. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> that's handy. Hey, Richard, just very quickly on that before we move to the 500. Uh, there's been some rumblings around at the moment that there's a possibility of a 10-round series next year for the Speed Series. Is there anything to that? Well, Shebex, there's been more than rumblings. There's been a calendar announcement. There you go. That's more than rumblings. <laughs> yeah, so 10-round calendar was announced on um, on Sunday at the event, okay. which is exciting. Uh, and I think it offers a lot. It gives us some certainty moving forward nice and early. There was a little bit of media commentary uh, around the fact that some people might have liked to have seen calendars, and it turns out if they waited three days they probably would have seen one so look very briefly uh, Sandown will actually open the year so february early february is the plan dates the week before the bathurst 12 hour will start the speed series year at Sandown, which is great summer date in melbourne outside of footy season um i think that's a very very good outcome uh round two will be race tasmania down at simmons plains in yep. march the week before the agp phillip island in april uh, which is a good date for Phillip Island. You've still got the peril of snow and ice, but you've also got the possibility of beautiful autumnal weather. So hedge your bets down there. Um, tail and bend. So winter round, uh, late May. Uh, May the 26th will be the Sunday of that event in South Australia. Interestingly, back to backgrounds at Queensland Raceway oh. uh, in July, which is a As good in time. weekend to weekend. Correct. Yeah, yeah, which will head north. Good time to head north. So I reckon there'll be a three-week Queensland swing there. There'll be the two speed series rounds at QR and then Townsville either the week before or the week after, which will be great for supercars. So pack your bags, um, pop up to Cairns. You go anywhere, North Queensland in between all those would be tremendous. So what they did this year, Shebex, was they had the trophy series round the week before the speed series. It's all going to be one big thing next year. So um, back-to-back rounds at QR, lots of demand to go to Queensland and Tony Quinn wants them there and has invested well in the circuit. You saw this year, I think they had 15,000 people turn up over two days, which was great. Yeah. Uh, round seven to be announced, September 1. Uh, location yet to be determined. I heard some decent rumours about that. A potential potential long haul, maybe, Shebex. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Uh, and then later in the year, October, there'll be a speed series round at Sydney Motorsport Park. A week off, which we expect to be the Gold Coast and then back to Sydney for Race Sydney, which will be the World Tour round. And then the week after that, middle of November, same date as this year, basically the Bathurst International to round out the season. Missing, and that's the Bathurst Six Hour, which isn't part of the Speed Series next year, but it will be part of the calendar, and it's back on the 31st of March, Easter Sunday again. So so the great um, thing about that is, is that hmm. we have 10 Speed Series rounds, we have 12, possibly 14 supercar rounds which effectively means if everyone plays their cards right we're racing every second week well yeah the cards won't be played right no, you I, can I almost guarantee that, that because <laughs> people are stupid but 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 the yes, great thing the, about it is is because there's a bit of a crossover yep we we can't probably afford to have those dates taken by supercar dates as well well no and look there it, it is it was announced as a draft calendar so it may change yeah. Um, if, if there are any clashes with supercars, who will get theirs out at some point in the near future, we hope. But um, it's a good start. I like it. Um, clearly, there's enough demand for 10 categories to, or well, for 10 rounds between categories to get on there. So um, hopefully it's a really strong year. Yeah, it certainly will be. All right, let's turn our attention to the Sandown 
500 gentlemen and it was of course is on this weekend i was just here today actually i had a horse running at sandown it's still going at the moment unfortunately we'll talk about that later yeah we will that that can definitely go in the knots i'll uh, i'll preempt that right now uh but they were setting up sandown and getting it ready for uh what what looks like it's going to be another a big event down there. All the stalls were getting done, the merchandise stuff and all that sort of stuff. So they're expecting, I would say, a fairly big crowd looking at the way they're uh, setting it all up. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll dip into my hots right now and I think it's the promotion of this race meeting. I'm the sort of person who would want to go to the Sandown 500 and I've been copying a lot of Sandown 500 advertising. I don't necessarily go out of my way to see it. it. It's coming to me. It's either your Facebook algorithms, billboards on the side of the road in the city, ads at the start of podcasts, whatever it's been. It's uh, There's been plenty of them. It's been coming thick and fast. So yeah. whoever's doing their targeting in there at the Supercast Tower has done a fantastic job. I will mark them down, however. I think the podcast ad, they've got some sound effects in the background. Kind of sounds like a GT car, <laughs> which I think's an issue. Could but, have been uh, an early version of a Gen 3 car. Perhaps. No. Perhaps. Um, yeah, so I think it should be a good crowd. Um, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be interesting. And I'll dip into my knots as well because this weekend won't be broadcast on Channel 7. They went with Darwin and this one is going to be a Fox only round, which is quite interesting leading into the Bathurst 1000 that uh, Channel 7 opted for Darwin over Sandown and not build up that momentum to the big race of the mountain. So, um that's going to be something interesting, a bit different this weekend. Only have only can tune into Fox and Co. That is a massive, absolute massive knot because Channel 7 only have football on Friday and Saturday night this weekend. So they've got horse racing, one would assume, then on the Saturday. Nothing on the Sunday. Gee, was there, there was, there's room. They, they could have done it. I, I can't understand oh, that. They, they could have, but their agreement is for six rounds. So okay. of the 12, they pick six and for their scheduling, for whatever reasons. I honestly don't know the methodology behind it um, because certainly the broadcast window is about the same time when you're whacking a full day um, from Darwin and a couple of races as opposed to a three-and-a-half-hour race from Sandown. So I agree. I think it's silly, but um, that's just the way it works. There's 12 rounds. Six yeah. of them are going to be on free-to-air, and they tend to go to the ones with the biggest governmental support, which is why they do North Queensland, which is why they do Adelaide, of course, as the season finale, Newcastle um, and Darwin gets rolled in there as well. So that's yeah, okay. the commercial way of the world, unfortunately. It is it is a missed opportunity, Shebex, I agree. But hopefully what it does mean is that it helps the crowd. And with only the one footy game in Melbourne this weekend as well, from an AFL finals point of view, that's a big bonus too, isn't it? Because the, the G will be Friday night, won't it? Yeah. I so, guess Friday night at the G and then it'll either be... Oh, no, it will be in Brisbane. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, it's Adelaide, about? isn't it? Port Adelaide. Port, port on Saturday yeah, on night. Saturday so night, yeah. That's um that's perfect. So Saturday and Sunday, there's no football distractions to stop people from going out no, to Sandown in what appears to be twenty five degree sensational weather. Yeah. One thing though, I'll dip into more knots right now, but uh the Saturday format, we're losing the two qualifying races. Um which some people didn't like, but I loved it because it was entertaining you had the co-driver race and the main driver race it inevitably rained somewhere in there everyone would crash for some reason it, it was always a bit of a highlight gave saturday some meaning now they're going to have a top 10 shootout uh, top 10 shootouts are great and they're great at tracks where there's consequence and i don't think sandown 
really has consequence if you're out there by yourself having the track to yourself it's wide open spaces and you're not going to stuff it in a fence so yeah i think you lose a bit of marks there from my perspective having a top 10 shootout over those two uh sprint races to determine the grid Mm. Mm. all right what's going to happen on track boys uh obviously it's the start of the endurance series obviously we don't know what 500 kilometers in one race is going to do for these cars there's a lot of variables up in the air even well, the driver pairings are still variables to an extent, aren't they? Because we've got guys who aren't regulars in Gen 3 cars stepping in for their first race meet, effectively. So there's a lot of excitement about it because we just don't know. Well, yeah, and that variability, I actually like. There's a bit of doom and gloom over the reliability thing. But at the same point, there's so many people you read, if you read the comment section online and subject yourself to that torture um, going, oh, it's not like the old days, you know. Well, this is your opportunity to see a race like the old days when things just randomly expire after 25 laps. Yeah, Because that could absolutely happen this weekend. 100%. You, know, you could ran- completely randomly have someone steering rack fail after five laps of the Sandown 500. Who knows? So I, I love that unpredictability. That's going to make it fun. Um, and it could it could jag a crazy result. Do you remember, it wasn't 19, it was 18, that Triple Eight absolutely smoked everyone. They finished one, two, three... They were miles in front of everybody else, and it was a shocking race. It just was not at any point compelling other than their domination. This is the complete opposite of that. Someone could go and smoke them, no doubt, but the unpredictability of not knowing how the cars are going to perform, um, the co-driver mix as well is pretty fascinating. Um, I, I really like it. I'm, I'm quite excited by it. I think it's going to be a, a really interesting Really interesting thing to watch play out over the weekend. And I still don't think it'll give us much of a form guide for Bathurst either. And Mark, I can tell you that the uh, race, a race has already been won. And it was the Lowndes Goddard truck that got to Sandown this afternoon before the main truck, the the Red Bull truck. So that's one race that's already been won. Did you have a peek inside to see how many spare steering racks they had? No, I didn't. I should have. No, I didn't. That's it's going to be telling, you know. Outside of the fact that people can't get five laps out of a steering rack, we've having these cars fall apart during the test sessions. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the cars handle it. I mean, Sandown is a hard test as well. It's hard on brakes. It's an awful surface. It's bumpy as guts. It's uh, got huge, big ripple strips. So. It, it does work the cars out very hard. So, um, you know, back in the day, we used to see everyone retire from Sandown. You used to see 10 cars wobbling around at the finish, and there's every chance that we're going to see something similar if it's a hard and fast sunny day. Like, you know, if it was a cold and wet day, it would take it a bit easier on the cars. Mm. But uh, if it's going to be hot, then uh, it's uh, going to be a real challenge for these guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we're going to put our names to some possibilities? Well, should, no. No, okay. no, I'm not, because it's impossible. Um, Shebex, what I will do, though, is uh, it, it's interesting having a look at the markets of this. Now, I'm not a betting person, and we don't encourage people to gamble. But More about that later. Well, it has. <laughs> th- that's what I'm leading to, is that it's a stupid thing. And uh, what seems like reasonable value can turn into something pretty depressing very, very quickly. So get help, gamble responsibly, think of what you're not making. Um, but the odds for the weekend... Now, I will keep in mind, this is the same betting company that in the States had Shane Van Gisbergen at like a hundred bucks to win the Chicago race. And several people got extremely wealthy off pretty small bets. But so they've got SVG and Richie Stanaway at four bucks. 
Uh, Cam Waters and James Moffat at four fifty. I think they're reasonable, but four bucks for a winning car is actually that's like normally it's like two dollars fifty. Um, Brody Kostecki and Davy Russell at five. So they're so going. The bookmakers are pretty much saying they don't know who's going to win either. Well, pretty much, and then Will Brown and Jack Perkins. So it, it's Triple Eight, Tickford, Erebus. Like Will Brown, Jack Perkins at five fifty is decent value, isn't it? Um, Chaz Moss at Lee Holdsworth at six bucks, but then it pushes out to eleven bucks for Brock Feeney and Jamie Winkup. Yeah, who are a massive chance. Like, wow, hey Brian, that's big. Um, uh, Anton and Tony Dalberto at fifteen, Reynolds and Tander at twenty one dollars. So, yeah, the betting basically just backs up where we're at. The yeah. interesting thing for mine, and it'll be interesting to see these odds going to Bathurst, Mark, because for Sandown, this particular betting agency, who I won't name unless they give us some money, um, has Scott Pine Warren Luff at $61. So if Warren Luff is paying $61 for a Bathurst podium, I'm going to oh, mortgage the house on. and throw it on it because I'll end up incredibly rich. I mean, let, hang on, they're, they're nowhere. Let's uh, look at how much money we can make in Verstappen in the weekend in Singapore because he's already won that race. We'd like yep. to congratulate Max on winning <laughs> yes. the Singapore Grand Prix. We can wrap that race up right now. Congratulations, Max. Yeah, well done. Um, He'll be a dollar thirty-five to win that. I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Well, dollar and nothing. Um, Chaz is back with Lee Holdsworth. They're a good combo. Lee's a good thing around. Sandown and Bathurst, um, even the second card, Nick Perkett and Fabian Coulter. That's a, a good combo. And Nick finally showed some speed there in his last race uh, at the bend uh, before he goes and packs his bag to a, a new full-time destination in the next couple of years up at Matstone Racing. So uh, he's, uh, he doesn't care anymore. He'll be out there just to rag it and win some races. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell because nobody's had any miles. I mean... How do you go if you're Jackson Evans? Uh, you know, you've never driven this style of car before and you're supposed to roll up here. Kevin Estra, like it's a completely different beast to anything that he's ever driven before. You know, we talk about the supercars of old being a very unique um, thing for these guys to get used to. But now we've gone and turned them into 1998 spec with no downforce. So mm. it's something completely different again. And we've got four half-hour practice sessions. They've got a little bit of time to bet in, but if they're out there changing steering racks in them for half the sessions, then they're not going to have a lot of time to to get ready. Mm. Yeah, interesting scenario, interesting situations. How it's all going to play out is going to be... Uh, who, who are you tipping, Shemex? Who are you tipping? No, I'm the same with you. I, I have absolutely no. I, I think an Erebus car will probably win. Mm. And I only say that just due to the fact that they've probably had the most reliable cars for the year. So they seem to have some sort of formula to that. Whether that equates over a 500-kilometre race in one race is yet to be seen, but they've had that reliability stable for most of the year. So that, that's the only thing I'm banking it on. Otherwise, it, it, you're right, it's an absolute lottery. Mm. Decent mm. point. Yeah. Decent point. Uh, it's plenty of support racing as well. Uh, Super 2s are going to be there, as well as uh, Porsche Quirk Up. Yeah, Super 2 and 3 last year at Sandown went peak Super, Super two, and 2 and 3. three. Uh, it was actually good on the weekend there just to inspect where the Super 2 car nearly went over the fence. <laughs> it's still there. It's still there, it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've been well behaved this year, so hopefully they continue that. Uh, Carrera Cup will be pretty good. We had some spicy racing at uh, Sandown in Crow Cup last year. There's a bit on the line, Shebex, in, in Pony Dixon Crow Cup. The Michelin Junior 
prize is up for grabs after this weekend. So Callum Hedge, the young Kiwi, versus Jackson Walls, the young New South Welshman, uh, fighting it out. And the winner, uh, leader in the championship after this weekend, goes to Europe to contest the Porsche shootout uh, and the Night of Champions as well at the end of the year. So that's huge. That's a big, big ticket prize that uh, only 11 Aussie slash Kiwis have ever had before, and two of them have won it, Matt Campbell and Jackson Evans. So really cool and looking forward to seeing who comes out on top among the broader championship picture as well, which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, and Toyotas as well. Yeah, it's 86 uh, as well, yeah. Which, well, they've been properly entertaining this year. They have been outstanding. So uh, looking forward to that. And the V8 Super Utes are back as well. And, and insert same comment here. Um, they were terrific at the bend, aside from trying to right half the field off in a race four crash. But outside of that, their racing has been properly spicy and genuinely entertaining. So it, it's a really good undercard. Like it, it, it probably in a way makes up a little bit for those lack of two races on the, the co-driver races on Saturday by having a really good support program that's that's going to keep everyone hopefully very entertained, I would have thought. So is there anything for the co-drivers to do on Saturday or is it just qualifying? Uh, I think they've got a co-driver practice in the morning. Okay, well, that, that may, I thought if they weren't doing anything on Saturday, then that's, that's a shocking mm. result well, if that was the case. You know, that's why mm. they're on the big bucks, I suppose. Just cruise around, sign some autographs. Yeah. Deliver on Sunday. Do what you do. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, in the overseas, boys, what are we looking at there? Uh, do you want to do a NASCAR? Uh, NASCAR, yeah. The uh, race was at Kansas, uh, the second race of the round there. Tyler Reddick came through the win. Green White Checker, three wide at the finish and uh, on the last lap there, and he got the job done. So um, I think the big talking point was actually that teammates Kyle Larson Chase Elliott banging into each other on pit lane and then Elliott absolutely dooring him on the way out of the pits which was just fantastic to see unless you're Rick Hendrick or Jeff Gordon um Bristol night race Saturday morning out uh, Sunday morning our time this week is the cutoff race for this round uh Martin Trokes Jr who led the uh, standings at the end of the regular season he is on the outside looking in at the moment he needs a big race there to uh overcome uh, flat tyre and a fencing that he put himself through. Same thing, Bubba Wallace did exactly the same. Two Toyotas and the fence with blown tyres in Kansas and it cost them. And the other two looking to race their way in, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell. So a lot to play for at the Bristol night race, which is always just a, a highlight of the season. And I suppose the other thing that happened overseas on the weekend was the IndyCars and Scott McLaughlin. I didn't know that it was an option, but he came <laughs> third in the standings. How did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, it's like bank error in your favour. Collect $300 or third place in the IndyCar Championship. And it was a huge result. A pretty crazy IndyCar race, to be fair. And we'll touch on that in just a second in terms of the hots and knots. But um, Alex Pillow destroyed everyone. Scott Dixon won his third race from the Final Four, doing Scott Dixon things. The bloke's ridiculous. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. Um, Ganassi dominating the championship this year, but Penske won the Indy 500. Um, third and fourth in the championship. So McLaughlin beat Newgarden. Um, and remarkably, Chevy won the manufacturer's title as well. So uh, crazy stuff there. Uh, I think we should launch straight into it, Chebex. I think we need to roll into Off the hots and knots because it's going to be a long show regardless. Do we start with the hots or knots this week? I think we should start with knots, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's come home with that. Oh, I've got the microphone. I'm going to launch into this with the knots. Um, 
IndyCar restart zone at Laguna Seca. Not. Stupid place to have it. Before the final corner, they were allowed to race. Ridiculous. Um, that was silly, and that was why there were 37,000 restarts at Laguna Seca. That was silly. Just let them get out of the final corner, go racing, and you might actually get some green flag laps. Not. Uh, James Moffat was penalised for taking Elliot Barber out of contention in the final Trans Am race on the weekend. The penalty was only confirmed on Wednesday. That's a not. Uh, oh, not sure geez. what was happening in race control at the moment, but it was pretty clear on the day that um, he punted him, basically. Uh, but no drive-through was issued. So there's a lot going on in Motorsport Australia race control. I get that. Um, but it was strange. So uh, anyway, that's rolled out on Wednesday. Moff lost the win. Lockie Dalton got it. Well done. Uh, not to the throttle on Jamie Tilly's Commodore oh. uh, Falcon. Uh, that was a, such a shame for Jamie and quite a heavy hit, which was uh, a real shame for Jamie in the Kumo V8 Touring Cars. Uh, not me having to be on camera on the Stan Sport Channel 9 coverage. No one needs that in their life. Uh Special not to the Australian Federal Government for uh, this heavy stuff, Shebex, for putting the referendum on a race weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's on the 14th of uh, October, which is the Shannon's Trophy Series round at the Bend Motorsport oh, yeah. Park. They did miss and Bathurst and the Gold Coast, though, so a hot for that. No, very, very unacceptable. It means I can't have a democracy sausage. It's not good enough. Uh, Shebex, a not for you. Yep. You, you, for the first time in my life, I was excited about horse racing last week. You were up and about. You'd had a result. You had another horse running. It's Wednesday as we record this. And this is the reason why we're late. It wasn't so we could get Hunter McElroy on for the time zone. It was so you could go to Sandown and have some midweek horse racing before the real horse power rolls in this weekend. Yep. And you got us all fired up about Catterall, uh, was it? Catterall? Catterall, yep. Catterall, okay. As in Kim? Yes, exactly. Okay, excellent. Um, well, there was no sex in the city about this result, Shebex. Uh, with despite having a Melbourne Cup winning jockey on, uh, and your hype, and it paying six bucks, which was a decent return and apparently an indicator of decent form, uh, it ran third last. Can I give an excuse? So, no, you can't. Um, so, <laughs> so probably not. Probably not Melbourne Cup material, just throwing no, it No, no, she's there. a sprinter, so no, she won't I, be Melbourne that, that Cup. No, well, Cox Plate, whatever. Um, uh, and finally, my final knot is the row of Armco between the the lane at Sandown and the grassed area between the straight. Because what it did, Shebex, on Sunday was claim our good friend Mark Walker who in a rare moment of no coordination, and this is a man that swings a camera expertly uh, at racing cars and can, you know, pan and hit the button at the right time and adjust and hit the hit the trouble button if he needs to go fast, shutter speed really quickly. A great photographer, award-winning photographer, it must be said, unfortunately um, went properly A over T and uh, the side effect, Shebex, was that it, it broke his camera lens. Oh, no, that's a couple of thousand dollars worth there. Um, Very, very sad moment. Um, And I've been staying in the TRT Melbourne office this week um, and quite beaten up, it has to be said. It looks like the bloke's been in a fight. 
and Sandown won. So if there's ever a reason to close the place down early, well, I mean, that's it. So was that it rusty, out my, my Was it Rusty Armco? No tetanus at this point, we're told. Oh, okay. I think he might have got away with it. So... That's the that's the knots from my end of the world. I shall now hand over to my colleague who can only hold the microphone for a little time because he is still quite sore. Poor bugger. First of all, you prick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would like to thank the uh, the team there at Cameras Direct uh, for sending me a replacement lens within a day. Hot. No, really? Hot. Yeah, from uh, the Gold Coast. They went and found a great price and great product and... Uh, I'll be good to go this weekend with uh, two fully functioning cameras. So uh, thank you, Cameras Direct. No, thank you, Richard Crail. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you've done things out of order here, which has absolutely buggered up my little rants that I've got going on here. So to give some context to my first knot, I'm going to give you a hot, which was on my European jaunt was the GT4s at mm. Hockenheim. Mm. And there appeared to be hundreds of them. Even in practice, the action was absolutely out of control. Um Alpine, Aston Martin, Audi, the new BMW M4, the one with the ugly front on it, uh, Chev Camaro, McLaren, AMG, Porsche, Toyota Supra. It was all there. It was big field, diverse cars, diverse uh, range of driving talents. And if it was something like that in Australia, uh, GT4 would be absolutely first, first rate. Uh, so now a bit of a rambling rant. So buckle up. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm a bit worried about GT4 here next year. You know, on the weekend at Sandown, there was a combined GT4 production car field, 21 cars, 15 Proties, 6 GT4s. Next year, GT4 branching out on their own, having their own standalone races, which is great. But, you know, everyone sort of said that they're going to do the right thing and bring cars in and it's going to be huge, but it has to be huge. The thing Australian motorsport doesn't need at the moment is another 10-car field, which is what we had multiple occasions there in the weekend which is just suboptimal. Um, yeah, I, I think in a dream utopian dream world, the ideal case would be GT4 would be the top tier of production car racing sort of thing. You'd do away with the X-Class cars, but then the X-Class BMWs would hate that and they'd probably go and start their own uh, series with 10 cars in it and we'd be back to exactly where we're going to be anyway. So uh, I don't see how that's going to do. Yep. Motorsport Australia is a bit of a toothless tiger in this case. They can't tell people what not to do because then that's restraint of trade. Uh, then they miss out in the category management fees. So it's it's a tough little world that we live in here in Australian motorsport at the moment. You know, on the weekend, six categories, we had 80-something cars on track, which just isn't ideal. So uh, I hope it works out for GT4. I hope they get a massive field and it's fantastic and it does what they do over in Europe because that would be a really good thing uh, for Australian motorsport. Uh, secondly, a cautionary tale after all the horse chat that's gone on here. Uh, our family owns two nostril hairs, or literally 0.02% of a really good horse that won a couple of races and qualified for some big races. High hopes. Uh, unfortunately, it fell over in a paddock. Um, well. it's, it survived going to the Clay Glue Factory. Um, <laughs> And it is now set to have a fulfilling life as a lawnmower in a paddock. So uh, <laughs> I wish your stable of nags all the very best there, Shebex. But, Thank you very uh, much, Mike. May we not suffer the same yeah. fate. I hope it works out for you. Um, here's a date for you. 31st of July, 2011, 2011. The last time Romain Grosjean won an open wheeler race. Mm. Mm. And uh, he has sure tore up a lot of and dready grade IndyCar this year, hasn't he? So um, that's a shame. 
Uh, big personal knot this week. My Nissan Nismo Team Issue suitcase, rest in peace. Oh. Uh, that beautiful piece of luggage. It did multiple laps around the planet, advertising Nismo on airport carousels globally. But after a decade, it was no match for the folks in baggage handling at Frankfurt Airport. So um, <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, SVG, hasn't he just turned into a crash test dummy this year? He's shunted at the Grand Prix, Simmons Plains, and now Queensland Raceway in testing. So the Triple Eight boys have uh, certainly swung into action and done a lot of uh, panel beating this year. So uh, speaking of that, uh, darts without feathers. I, I love that saying, but there were a couple of competitors on track there at Sandown over the weekend, and they were just so far behind their cars. They were a danger to themselves. It was just a... It was almost comical, to be honest with you. Um, when you decide to go car racing, take it up to Winton on a Tuesday and figure it out not in front of people because it was pretty average, a few of those guys getting around there on the weekend. Anyway, as you were. And um, finally, uh, TV lies. I won't name names here, but in the TV commentary at Sandown over the weekend, I heard an announcer spruik that the IndyCar finale on Stan Sports, uh, which was completed by the sentence, I will be tuning in at 4.30am Monday morning. Mm. But Richard, I didn't hear you up at 4.30am on Monday morning. Was that a lie? It sounded like a lie to me. It was an exaggeration. I was up at six. I saw everything from lap 35 onwards. Mm. 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 Well, that's good enough. Uh, One not from me. And it does go to the weekend schedule of the Sandown 500. Okay. And this has been a big knot for me because, and I sort of mentioned a little bit before, these co-drivers, especially the ones that are coming from overseas and the ones that have never really stepped into a Gen 3 car, apart from maybe a little bit of testing if they're lucky at Winton or Queensland Raceway, are going to be doing multiple laps at Sandown. 10.45 to 11.15, three practice sessions, as you said, on the Saturday. One is for all drivers, one is for the additional drivers only, and the other one is for all drivers. So effectively, they only have half an hour to themselves in a car. They're not going to get too much time out of the other two driver sessions. What annoys me the most, though, is the fact that there are two sessions called entertainment events, which take up 20 minutes of the day. Now, is that supercar saying that they don't have entertainment when they have everything else out on the track? (laughs) <laughs> 20 minutes could be used to give these guys another session to make sure that they're actually up to date and sort of got some idea about what the hell they're bloody driving around Sandown on the weekend. It happens on Saturday as well. We've got a practice session, which is all drivers for half an hour on Saturday morning. So once again, the, the other guys probably won't get much of a hit and then qualifying in a top 10 shootout. And once again, two entertainment sessions taking up 20 minutes. Just give another 20 minute session to the co-drivers and don't have entertainment because that's bloody entertaining enough. End of rant. Okay, good rant. Good rant. Uh, I'd counter that by saying it's a racing championship, not a practicing championship. We practice too much as it is. Uh, And B, they're all professional race car drivers. So um, Uh, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm just more concerned about the fact that they've got 20 minutes and things called entertainment, which are blokes doing drags and blokes doing skids and motorbikes doing wheelies. And that's it. Uh, Aren't supercars entertainment enough? Punters punters like it. Uh, No, no, good stuff. Well done. Uh, Excellent. And you, you, of course, did not your, your, yourself. Oh, my, you? oh, not my horse. Yeah, okay, well, good. actually, not the Sandown track. Oh, every, no, no, no. And, and, I, and second, I qualify mate. this no. by saying that every horse that won today led the race. Uh-huh. Now, Cottrell is not a leader. She runs from behind and runs on and runs on well. Today, she didn't get that opportunity to do that because it was a very biased track to the mm. horses up front. 
So I that's my first knock of the Sandown track for the weekend. Okay, it may well, continue over the next three or four days. Hopefully it gets better over the next couple of days. Well, Hot. hopefully the asphalt's better than the grass. Well, less changeable, although. Um, Hots. Uh, Brian Herter and Colton Herter IndyCar crossover on the weekend. Uh, Colton Herter ran his dad's livery on the Gainbridge Honda and Brian ran his old car, the Shell um, team Ray Hall, uh, Raynard, which was awesome. And then Colton got to drive it and just spent most of the time limiter bashing, which was awesome. A reminder of how amazing champ cars were. There's a great story up on racer.com shot by Marshall Pruitt. Check it out on their YouTube channel. Uh, probably stealing this from Mark, but the super cheap auto race to retirement video, outstanding. Oh, well yeah. played, super cheap. It's even hotter with captions on. Go on. No, but on the weekend at Sandown, I heard multiple instances of people talking about yes, TV ads. Correct. Exactly. Hot. It's doing yeah. the job, and it's had. I think it's had about a million views already, which is tremendous. Well done, super cheap auto. Justin and the team there have done an outstanding job. Um, James James Moffat does an old person extremely well, doesn't he? And Molly Taylor, pretty good too. Um, hot to Hunter McElroy's season finish. We talked about that with him, so that goes without saying. Uh, hot to Scott McLaughlin. We talked about that, but in three years in IndyCar racing, Scott's gone from winning the Rookie of the Year to fourth in the championship last year to third in the championship this year. Now, here's a little tip for the future. People tend not these days to win the championship and the Indy 500 in the same year. So on Scott's current rate of growth, book him in for an Indy 500 win next year and then a 2025 IndyCar championship. Because that's you know, second that. in the championship and Indy 500 win next year and then the title in 25. Lock that in. Uh, five wide Kumo V8s. Yes. Oh, hot. how good was that? Hardcore hot. That is, that was just pornography. It was great. Um, hot to Sandown recoveries. And we don't often give recoveries a hot on this program, but they deserved it on the weekend because they were very efficient. Uh, and I'd in particular like to congratulate the people with the Hummer-style recovery vehicle known as the Recoverator, oh. which I thought was tremendous. Very, very cool. Uh, this is a quirky little hot. Now, if you win Le Mans, you get a really nice Rolex watch, Shubex. Yep. Uh, they're valued about, they tell me, $51,000 US each. Unfortunately, if you win the class, you just get a trophy. You don't get the watch. Mm-hmm. So Ben Keating, who is the American uh, driving for Corvette Racing this year and, and helped fund it in their last ever Le Mans as Corvette Racing, the factory team that's won so often. Uh, they've rolled up at the next round of the WEC at Fuji on the weekend. Um, and Ben, because they didn't get a Rolex, has gone out and bought himself and his co-drivers, Nicky Katzberg and Nico Ferrone, uh, a absolute bang on Le Mans winning Rolex watch. Outstanding. So if he spent 150 grand, good on him. What an outstanding thing to do to your little teammates after winning Le Mans for Corvette. Good stuff. Uh, hot to our mates over at the V8 Sleuth for discovering in Aaron Noonan's extremely active social life, uh, the VHS tape of the 2001 Clarion Sandown 500 run oh. for Nations Cup and production cars. Won oh. by uh, for a Ferrari uh, 360 challenge car. A lot of cars broke. The Lamborghini had some suspension collapse. Dodge Viper failed. Ian Palmer's Honda almost didn't burn to the ground. Um, it was <laughs> tremendous. Um, the best thing about it, though, and they put it up on their YouTube channel. Check it out. Um, they left the ads in, which is a reminder of two things. One, TV ads are still rubbish yeah. 20 years on. 
And two, the old Channel 10 motorsport theme, man, wasn't that an earworm? I watched it earlier this week and uh, it's been going around my head since then. So well done, Sleuth, for digging out a really cool old... Um, 20 year old now, amazingly. A little memory from Sandown. Uh, preemptive hot for Carrera Cup because I'm contractually obliged to do so, but I even believe it. Uh, and also a hot to the weather this weekend, preemptively to Melbourne's weather because the forecast is ridiculous. So yep. uh, well done, Victoria. Over to Mark Walker. Okay. This is hot marking here. It doesn't work. Uh, Hot goes back to last week's NASCAR winner, Kyle Larson. His crown jewel list of wins now includes the Coke 600, the Southern 500, the Chili Bowl, Knoxville Nationals, Kings Royal, Prairie Dirt Classic, Daytona 24. So that's NASCAR's midgets, sprint cars, late models, and sports cars. What what an absolute guru. Uh, you mentioned World Endurance Championship in Japan. How about the Circuit Safari? How come that's the only place on earth that is a thing? Why isn't that a thing at every single race meeting on the face of the planet? We'd be selling a lot more punter tickets if that was the case. So, uh, hot goes to Speed Series, getting the calendar out. How about that, Shebex? You can't not that, can you? Can't not that at all. No, that's hot. Uh, finally, from me on the hot list this week, I've posted a couple of stories from the assignment to Europe, and there's a bit more to come still, but a spoiler is that the, the pick of the litter was the catering at Hockenheim. Good grief. So this is the tuck shop in the pits. I lashed out and purchased the top of the menu schnitzel roll, and it was a genuine bucket of chips option, which uh, costs €7.50. So that's uh, pretty good value, yeah. uh, except if you're earning Australian dollars, then it was about That's 15 bucks, isn't it, for a yeah. bucket of chips? No, no, no. It was schnitzel, schnitzel roll and chips. Oh, that's all right. Oh, that's good. But, you know, if the exchange rate wasn't so rubbish, it'd be just brilliant. Value. Yeah. Uh, but then you could also buy from the tuck shop in the pits half a litre of beer for €4.50 or a small bottle of Jägermeister for €3.50. Um, saying that, you know, if you were at the kiosk at the kids' playground, you could buy half a litre of beer for €1.50. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the sort of discount society that they work on and yeah anyway uh and then there's uh also if you're in the market for a packet of cigarettes uh from the vending machine outside the toilets next to the petrol pumps uh set you back eight euros so uh cheap day at the races yeah cheap place to be a punter at the races yeah no, very nice uh, i don't have a hot because i had one and richard stole it with the super cheap ad so I can't add too much to that. It's just a, a spectacular ad. Fantastic. Well done. Really great to see that they still keep themselves involved, even if it is a form of ambush marketing, which is great. I have no issue with that. But they, uh, they do a really good job. It's brilliant. Very good. Yeah, Very 100%. good. So on that note, we say goodbye. Adieu hope, to you and you. I hope this weekend's uh, racing at Sandown is more successful than Wednesday's was. So um, good luck to us all. Uh, yes, Gamble well, we do We do have gentlemen. racing at Randwick. We're just fine on Saturday. No, You'll be don't. running in the Kingston no, town if no, you... No. 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 In three weeks, we've gone from having no horses to three. I've still got I've still got that bag of glue out in that paddock there, so it's full. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing out. I need to start a race team or something. I might do that. No, why not? Why not? Sure. All right, boys, have a great weekend. See you down there at Sandown. Bye for now. All right, see you guys. And thank you for joining us right here on The Grid.